Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Good to see you, and we're starting a brand new series today called Home for Christmas, and uh, I'm, ex- I'm very excited about this. I-, I emailed you out this week, and as I in the email, I-, I posed this question, and it was this, is that would you agree that, with me that there is a difference between being having rest, like physically being having rest, and being at rest, meaning, you know, mentally spiritually, emotionally. I mean, because like, you know, you can binge out on Netflix all day and still feel wore out when, you're, when your mind keeps racing. Would you agree with that? I went to the, I went to the doctor a couple years ago for a, um, a physical, and after the physical is over, they come and talk to me, and they said, uh, Jeff, your numbers are very elevated, all your numbers, your important numbers. And so basically they said, the question is not what have you been eating, but what's eating you? What's going on with you? Because this is a stress issue. And so from that point, I begin to have to process and begin to change things in my life and and learn how to uh, let the stress go a little bit more. And so what I want you to know is that I've come up with a word today that's going to be our word you and I are going to have an opportunity today to create a whole new word that no one's ever heard of. And 20 years from now, when you look into the dictionary, they're going to find this word, and you and I have created it. So you get to be a part of something groundbreaking. Are you ready for the word? The word that I want to use today, I'm going to tell you how I would get there before I give you the word. I found out that in order for me to learn to chill, I had to, I had to learn to relax, but I knew that word. But then I had to put God in the equation too. And I had to understand that God's got this. And so, so what I've had to do is I've had to learn this new word. It's coming up on the screen right now. And here's the word. Ready? Galax. Let's try this. That's it. Bam. There it is right there. You're on groundbreaking today. Groundbreaking adventure. Of the, 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 the dictionary is being rewritten right now. See, that's my philosophy. If they don't have a word, make one, right? That's right. So we're, we're going to learn today. Let's say that word again. You ready? Come on. Galax. We're going to learn to galax. That means that we're going to learn that God's got this in order that we might relax. Because you will never relax until you fully understand that. And, and for me, you know, you would think, well, you're the pastor. You know, you read and you pr- read the Bible. You pray. And, you know, we pay you to pray. <laughs> we pay you to read the Bible, you know, so you should have all this down, right? No, 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 no. You can do, go through the motions, but still not get it. And so I want you to know that I, I'm trying just like you to learn how to relax. And i got to trust that God's got it in order that I might can relax. And so coming home for Christmas, I, would, I thought it would be good if we start this series off with learning how to be at rest. That's what I'm talking to you about today, how to be at rest. Not just get rest, but how to be at rest. And so Jesus really teaches us this principle 
And there's a, 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 he's teaching this in Matthew Gospel chapter 11. He begins to tell us about how to do this. And he gives us three things in this verse. And I want to I break that down for you today in order that you might be able to Galax. Let's say our word again together. You ready? Come on. Galax. All right. Would you just turn, point to your neighbor and just say Galax. Galax. That's right. Galax. You got it. Not X-lax. <laughs> okay. Somebody brought that to my attention earlier. That's the first. Galax. And, and so, so I want to break this down for you. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the first point, and then I'm going to read the passage to you where Jesus brings us to our attention. Then we're going to dive into the Christmas story. Man, it's going to be exciting today. I'm telling you, I'm excited. Are right, you ready? So the first one is this. Number one is come to Jesus. Would you write that down? Come to Jesus. That's very fitting for come home for, home for Christmas. Look what Jesus says. In Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus said this. Jesus said, what's those, what's those three words that's underlined? Let's read them out loud. Ready? Come to me. That's right. All you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. And notice this last statement. Let's read it together. You ready? And I will give you rest. Now notice, Jesus promises to give you rest. Not me. I can't promise you that. I can't give it to you. But Jesus can. And so what's amazing here is this, is as we look at this, where we come to Jesus, what, I, what I've discovered is this, is that either I can come to Jesus and find rest, or I can ignore Jesus and live in stress. There you go. I love that. Mm, I heard it out there. So I said, mm, that's right. That's the way I felt too. Mm. Either I can, I can come to Jesus and, and then I, I can come to him and find that rest or I can ignore him, run from him, stay busy and, and, and all of that stuff and find stress. So it's my choice. It's amazing what keeps us coming from Jesus. The thing that keeps you and I from coming to God when we're stressed is fear. We're afraid that somehow we have these thoughts that maybe he doesn't like me or he won't answer me or he doesn't care about me. And all those thoughts are from the devil, every one of them. But see, because God is saying, I love you, I want you, I like you, come to me. That's what he's saying. And we even find this, this set up in the, in the New Testament when the, the story of Jesus begins to happen. We find the shepherds and they're the people that feel like the lowliest of low people because, you know, they live out in the fields. Nobody really likes them. Even coming to church to worship, you know, they have to go through their ceremonial uh, things that, of the Old Testament, presenting sacrifices and so forth. And really nobody even liked it when they come. And so notice what happens here on the night that Jesus is born. Look, let's take it. Look at the shepherds. Look what it says. It says, the night that, there were, that night there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flock of sheep. Suddenly... An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Now, let's read the next three words out loud. You ready? Come on. They were, wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you be if all of a sudden an angel showed up in your house? You're like, oh, this is it. I'm going home. <laughs> all right, here we go. But the angels reassured them. What did they reassure them? Let's read them. You ready? Come on. Don't be afraid. That's right. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. That will bring great joy to who? Okay, so I'm talking about you. And it's amazing, how, it's amazing how the angel appeared to the shepherd first because the shepherds felt like the lowest of the low, and they felt like I'm a nobody. 
And the, the first thing Je- the angel does when Jesus is coming, says, I want to let you know that, that you're a somebody. And I just want to let you know that you're a somebody, no matter what you feel like. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, laying in a manger. Suddenly, the angels were joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven. (laughs) Wow, this party's getting bigger. The armies of heaven praising God, saying, glory to God, in highest heaven, and peace where? Peace on earth to those, notice that, to those with whom God is pleased. So, so this is a misconception I want to I straighten out. Number one, God comes, the angel said, don't be afraid. Okay, so he wants to remove the fear barrier. That's what Jesus come to earth to remove the fear barrier of God. And then the second thing I want you to notice here is that it says peace on earth. And most people, when they read the Christmas story, they stop right there. And they say, well, there should be peace on earth, peace on earth, peace on earth. No, no, no. There's never going to be peace on earth. There's never going to be peace on earth as we know it. Now, when we go to heaven, there's going to be peace in heaven. And when, you know, the Bible says there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, then there'll be peace on earth. But until Jesus comes back, there's never going to be peace on earth. But the promise is this, is that you can have peace while you're on earth. Did you hear that? You, he says, Peace on earth to those who please him. You can have peace on earth. Now, here's the problem. Using these holidays, you know, holidays intensifies things, doesn't it? I mean, like, you know, like with relationships, uh, sometimes it seems like we get closer, and so there's more opportunity for friction. And it seems like that we have a problem with peace with other people, especially through the holidays. It should be time that brings us together, but many times it can push us apart. Here's what I want to tell you. In order to have peace, you will never have peace until you are at rest with God. You will never be at rest until you are at peace with God. Let me say it that way. You will never be at rest until you're at peace with God. Here's what's true. You will never be at peace with other people until you're at peace with yourself, and you'll never be at peace with yourself until you're at peace with God. Let me say it again. The problem that you got with so-and-so is not them. The problem is that you got a problem with God. (laughs) That's it. Because when you're at peace with God, you're at peace with yourself. And once you're at peace with yourself, then you can be at peace with everybody else. You will never be at peace with the people around you until you get peace with you. And, And the only way you can have peace with you is that you have peace with God. Peace with God, peace with me, peace with others. And so your problem, it all backs up to God. And so if you just go and handle the God issue, then you'll be all right. Remember what we said? Come to Jesus and find rest. Ignore Jesus and live in stress. The problem you got is not them. It backs up the channel to here and then to there. Isn't that pretty good? Okay, half of you said, thank you very much. Thank you. That's right. I'm going to give you 10 bucks after the service. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm going to have to pray for the Okay, so let's just go in and get I know you don't get it yet, all right? You still like, uh, you ain't talking to me. Well, let me talk to you right now. You ready? Here it is. This is for you, okay? Not for them that's not here. It's for you. Here we go. You ready? This, this statement's coming on the screen. Ready? Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. 
no God, no peace. No God, no peace. All right, now you got to say it with a little attitude, that second part, all right? Get your little pointer fingers out, all right? Some of you got this down already, but come on, let's do it again. You ready? Come on. Let's say it. No God, no peace. No God, no peace. Some of you are too comfortable with that. Let me tell you something. And that is the truth. And so today I want to invite you, I want to invite you, no matter where you are, is to rebuild your relationship with God. And some of you, that means taking that step for the first time to come home for Christmas means you come to Jesus right now. Don't wait another day because you're never going to have, listen, your money and your honey will not bring you peace. Did you hear that? Because I know if you thought, well, if I had more money, I'd have peace. And if I had a new honey, I'd have more peace. No, no, no. Money and honey will not bring you peace. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And so we have a prayer inside of our program right here. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. If you've not taken that step, then that's your first step today. Is you pray this prayer and say, God, that's me. That's me. I want to come to you. And then you can begin that journey. What we ask you to do is, if that's you today... We ask you just to check on the back of this card so that I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower today so that we can pray for you. Okay, number two, you ready? So remember our word that we started off with that we've invented today that's an SCC word, and when you look it up in the dictionary, we're going to get credit for it. Remember our word is what? Galax. That's right, we've got a galax. Why? God's got it. So number two, how to be at rest is this, is number two is partner with Jesus. Partner with Jesus. Now, this verse, again, verse 29 of chapter 11, Jesus tells us this. He says this. He says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Now, I'll be honest with you. For a while, I didn't understand what that was. I didn't understand what yoke meant. You know, I'm like, okay, that's an egg, right? Egg's got a yoke. I didn't, I didn't understand it. But what I had to understand was is that uh, to understand this is that you had to go to an agricultural environment, and that's the environment that Jesus' culture was in. Everybody was pretty much farmers. And so a yoke was something like on this picture that you're about to see is, is that wooden piece between two oxen uh, that would pull a plow. And so the Bible says they're yoked together. That means that, that that is across their shoulders, and they're pulling together. They're partnering together, and they're trusting each other. And so Jesus said this, he says, take my yoke upon you. What he mean is, is I want you to trust me that I'm going to do my part as you're doing your part. In other words, I, if, the, if one of those oxen get too far ahead of the other, it's going to put that yoke in a bind. It's going to hurt one of them. They're not going to be able to be effective. So God says, I'm not going to get so far ahead of you that you can't keep up and that you can't handle it. So I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to do my part. Trust me. The, the yoke is, trust me, let's partner together, trust me. And we find in the Christmas story how that there were some people that had to learn how to trust God. And one of those was Mary. Mary had to learn to trust God. And so look what the Bible says. Now, the angel has just come to Mary and said, you're going to have a baby. And Mary's like, oh, no, I'm not. No one's touched this. Yeah, I, no, no, no. I'm sorry, I just messed your holy Christmas story up, didn't I? <clears throat> what would you have said? You can't go tell your mama I'm pregnant. Oh, no, I'm not. Here's what she said. Mary asked the angel, but how could this be? How can this happen? I am a what? 
So that's what she said. Uh Uh-uh, nobody, no. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be what? Holy, he'll be holy. And will be called the son of who? That's right. For, uh, For nothing is impossible with who? God. Okay, now look at how Mary responded. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Mary began to anticipate the promise of God. She says, you know, I don't understand it. You know, reading the Old Testament, that's never happened before. Someone that had never never been with a man going to have a baby. It never happened in history before. And so she's like, but if you say it, I'll believe it. And I'm going to anticipate it. And, and ladies, I don't know, you know, uh, how your pregnancy went, but I'm sure that Mary just heard those words. She didn't go to the doctor and the doctor say, okay, yeah, it's a baby. I, when Rhonda and I was expecting our first child, you know, we, we went and got uh, uh, one of those little uh, glow sticks. I, I don't, what, I, you know what I'm talking about, all right? And so we were going through Walmart with that box, you know, like you're sort of embarrassed about it. You try to hide it, you know. And we go to, and there's a little smart aleck teenager checking us out. And so about that time, you know, we're being like making sure nobody's around us. We got that, you know, that little box. And, and, and he scanned it and went, bingo. <laughs> shut, you shut up. That's why I said, you shut up. <laughs> but there was none of that in Mary's day. And, and so can you imagine... Being her, you know, like she just heard a word. She had, like, you know, you're going to have a baby. She didn't know when it was going to be. But all of a sudden, she gets up one morning, and, and she's like, mm, I don't feel so good. And, and, and she, she begins to experience morning sickness, you know. And, and she's, like, tired, and, and she wants to throw up for no reason. And, and she wants to hit somebody for no reason. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, that's just for the guys. All right. And then, then, you know, she begins to grow. And she can't talk to her mama about this. She can't talk to her dad about this because if she tells them that an angel did it, they're like, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? And so she's experiencing all of this on her own, and and she's beginning to wear bigger clothes. And and so nobody will notice it. But all that she is beginning to see the evidence of God's promise because she anticipated it. What Mary had to learn to do was Mary through this whole process that she had to learn to galax. Let's say it together. Ready? Come on. Galax. That's what she had to learn to do. But then we, then we, we, we change the channel just a moment, and then we jump over to Joseph. How is he going to deal with all of this? And, and we see how everything sort of shifts, and look what it says. And Matthew 1, Matthew writes about this. It says, and this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to who? That's right. Before marriage took place, while she was still a what? She became pregnant through the power of who? Okay, now that sounds real good right there, right? I mean, that sounds, oh, yes, oh, that's, Lord, that's so wonderful. But, oh, watch this. Look, look, look here. Who's that person right there? Who? Joseph. And who is Joseph? Her fiancé, he was a good man, did not want to, to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. So, so the, all of you just got this cute little Christmas story in your mind about how the angel came, you know, Mary came with child, and Joseph's like, okay, let's just go to Bethlehem, you know. Heck no, I, it wasn't that way at all. 
<laughs> this man said, no, 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 no. Mary, you what? You, 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 who? you what? You what? You, you're pregnant? You're going to have a... Heck, who? No, how could you do that to me? How, how could you... How could you Mary, I have, I have done everything I could to get our house ready. I've done it. And while this engagement's been going on, I've been faithful to you. And, and, and I haven't, you know, I haven't touched you, Mary. And I haven't even seen you that way. And here you're going off with somebody else. That's what's going through his mind. What would you think? I mean, you're engaged and, and you haven't been with them. You have not lay with them. Okay, that's a biblical term for you haven't touched them either. You know what I'm saying? You haven't laid with them, and, and you like you know you've been good. You wanted to, but you've been good, and, and all of a sudden, well, I've got a baby on the way, and it's Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm like, I don't care who you say it is. You're a liar, <laughs> and I don't want. And that's what Joseph. Joseph's like, I don't want anything else to do with you, Mary. Matter of fact, he says. I'm a good man. And what made him good was is that, see, in his day, all he had to do was just yell out that Mary cheated on him, take her out into the streets, and she would have been stoned to death. That's what made him good is that he didn't kill her or have her killed. That's why he was a good man. It wasn't a good man that he was like, oh, it's going to be all right. We'll be okay, Mary. It's all right. I understand. Heck, no, it wasn't that way. He was irate. He was mad. And he wanted to hurt her and somebody else too, but because he was a good man... He decided not to have her killed and decided, I'm going to put you away quietly, but you are going away, and I'm going away from you, and we're never going to be together again. I don't want to see you. I don't like you. I can't stand you, you little hussy. Again, I know I'm messing your pretty story up, but don't you think that happened? You don't read the Bible the way I do. I'm sorry. It's, It's more creative. And so this is what I want you to know. He goes on and he finishes the story. Look what the story. What, what I'm about to finish reading to you is it takes me about 30 seconds. But this is months of their life. It's not 30 seconds. Look what happens here. As he considered this, we don't know how long. It may have been one month. It may have been six months. We don't know. But he considered all of this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When Joseph woke up, watch this, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her, uh, until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Here's what I want to tell you. It's this trust factor, see? See, Mary broke Joseph's heart. Mary, even even though Joseph lost his trust in Mary, I still think, I still think that even, I still think even after the dream, I'm sure there were still doubts, don't you? Okay, there's three of us for that. I'm, I'm sure, don't, I mean, even when you know, when somebody tells you, you still know it, but you still have doubts, and I'm sure Joseph had to deal with all of that, but I'm telling you, Joseph lost his trust in Mary when she said, I'm pregnant, but here's the thing, he never lost his trust in God. Here's what I want to tell you, people are going to let you down. Your parents may, will let you down, 
Your spouse will let you down. Your children will let you down. Your coworkers will let you down. Your boyfriend will let you down. Your girlfriend will let you down. You know, your neighbors will let you down. Your employer will let you down. Your employees will. Everybody, everybody in this world, because they're human beings, will let you down. But Joseph, if he had a message for us today, he would say that you can trust God. And Joseph, if we had a lesson from Joseph, this is what it would be. He would be like, Joseph would say, listen, raise your expectations of God and lower your expectations of people. Listen, you want to have a Merry Christmas? Here it is. I'm going to put it on the screen. Here it is. You ready? Let's say this together. Here you go. You ready? Come on. I must raise my expectations of God and lower my expectations of people. And when you do that, all of a sudden you get power you never had before because you quit putting so much pressure on other people and you just say, God, I know you've got this. I know I can trust you. And I know that even though I don't understand what's going on right now and they're acting like a creep, oh God, and I don't understand this but you've got it, oh Lord, and I'm going to trust you. You see, it's raising our expectations. We expect way too much of people and way too little from God. Amen? And, here, and here's a problem. <coughs> because that person that was so close to you hurts you. You refuse to trust anybody even anymore, and you even take that over to God, is that you don't trust God as much anymore either because they hurt you. Let me tell you something. They may have hurt you, but he has never hurt you. Amen? He thinks the best for you is for you, okay? All right. All right, so let's move on. Number three, you ready? Oh, before we go, we got to say our word because you don't forget it. You ready? What's our new word? Galax. That's right. That means God's got it. Relax in God. Number three is learn from Jesus. Learn from Jesus. So how to be at rest is learn from Jesus. I love the last part of verse 29 where Jesus says this. He says, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle where? At heart. Okay, let me just stop right there. What that means is that every intention that God has for you is good. Not, not every intention I have for you is not good because I'm selfish. And every intention you have for me is not good because you're selfish. That means that we think of ourselves before we think of other people. Would you agree with that? Like, like tomorrow morning, if, if you get up out of the bed and, you know, you start to walk and all of a sudden your big toe hurts, you don't go, oh, I wonder how Pastor Jeff's doing today. Now you go, oh, my toe, oh, my toe hurts today. Now, listen, if you're under 40, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, but you just wait. <laughs> you went to bed, you was fine, and you get up there and like, what happened there? <laughs> Okay, you're going to get it one day. So what I'm saying is, is that God's intention is always good towards you because he's always thinking about you before himself. It's always good. He goes on and says this, and you will find rest for your what? Your soul. Here's what I want to tell you. Learning, about, learning is this. Well, listen, you can't do better or be better until you know better. That's an SCC saying right there. You can't do better, be better until you know better. And the only way to know better is to learn from Jesus. I, that's what I'm, you know, I, I challenge you to do that. Now, learning, we say, okay, I've already learned something. Oh, you know how you know you've learned something? It's not that you've obtained knowledge to it. It's that you've changed. Listen, if you have not changed, you have not learned. You know, it's like one of these days, one of these days, that kid of mine's going to learn that lesson, right? We say that. What do we mean? That one of the, they're going to stop doing that or they're going to start doing this. And the learning is changing. 
And what we have a habit of doing is we have a, have a habit of judging people on their actions, right? In other words, what they do, what they do. But we judge ourselves on our intentions, right? What we intended to do. So we let ourselves off. So many times we think that we have learned because we had the intention to read the Bible. Like, I've learned that I should read the Bible. Well, well, you know what? And we think, well, we get up in the morning and think, well, I'll read. And then we say, oh, I don't have time. I'll do it tonight. And we put it off, put it off. And then it becomes months before we do that. And we think that we've learned that, but yet we have not learned that. But we judge ourselves on our intentions. And so the wise men come into the picture now, and they have to learn something new from Jesus. And look what the Bible says. It says this. Now, again, Jesus, is, you know, has been born. He's not in the stable anymore. He's in a house. So it's a couple days. It says this. On coming into the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. So here's what I want to tell you. They had to learn this fact. They learned when they come into the presence of Jesus, they learned of the love of God. Those guys, even as wise as they were, as smart as they were, they had never experienced the love of God. And when they come into the presence of Jesus, it was at that moment that the love of God was displayed. And how did they respond to the love of God? I'll tell you. The Bible says they worshiped him. What does that mean? That means worship is expressing love back to God. That's what worship is. And so when they saw that love, they experienced that love, then they shared love back with God. And then they didn't stop there. And then because their hearts were open, they gave the gifts that they had. They gave what they had. Now, I want to talk to you just a moment because this Christmas is coming. And, you know, and, and many of you, you, you know, you got to galax. You just got to galax. That's what you got to do. And the only way that you can do that is that you got to give yourself a break. Because some of you are thinking right now, there's so many people in our family and you want to buy gifts for everybody. And Rhonda, listen, oh, man. When Rhonda and I were younger, our families all drew names. Listen, my parents are divorced. That means it was my mom's family, my dad's family, and Rhonda's family. And we, we didn't have a lot of money back then. You know, I was, a, I was a student pastor, and we didn't have a lot of money. And they were all, we was all drawing names, and I was having to borrow money to buy gifts for people. <laughs> That's not given with love when I do that, I can tell you that. When I think about, man, I could go borrow this money so I can give you something. I really don't even want to give you anything. But I drew your name. And I drew the person I don't like. I don't like you, but I got to go buy something for you. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Right? You ever been there? So what we had to do is we had to go to our family and say, listen, we love you, but we just can't do this. And I remember it was a little embarrassing to say that. I didn't want to go, oh, we don't have no money. No, no. I was like, listen, it's not, a, it's just that we can't, this is too much pressure. And so we're going to opt out. And you know what? They decided, okay, they wouldn't do that anymore. And, but I want to tell you, we enjoy getting together now because there's no pressure. We just come together, have a meal together, laugh together. And, and you know, and it's just fun as far as that extended family. So what I want to tell you is this, is that you need to learn to relax. And you got to give what you got. You can't give what you, what you don't have. And, and there's times, I'm going to be honest with you, this giving of love thing, give the love that you have, it's hard for me. Because sometimes I see you, and I admire many of you, how you love. Some of you just walk in a room, and you just make, everybody just wants to hug you. You know, it's like, oh, man, this is so loving. 
You know, I see your kids come around you, and they're grown. They'll come up to you, and they just want to hug you. I'm like, how did you do that? Because that hasn't happened in my life yet. If I'm going to give, you know, like, and so I'll be honest with you. So I'm trying to learn, learn to give the love that I have, and I'm struggling because I would try to go do, you know, buy things, whatever, to try to be loving and give the love that I didn't have. And it just stressed me out. And then it made me mad because when people didn't receive the love that I was given that I didn't have, you know, they didn't receive it. They're like, they was unthankful for it. It made me mad. I don't even know if you're tracking with me or not, but I struggle with giving that. But what I've learned to do is give what I have to give and let that be enough. And so I want to give you three things today that I have learned that I think will help you maybe in learning to give the love that you have, okay? So you're going to galax. You're not going to you're not going to go into debt this year for Christmas. You're going to give what you got, right? So the first one is this: is say it. How to give the love I have to give is say it. Say I love you. And you know, with me, listen, I am the world's worst at saying too much, talking too much. And I will go sometimes, and I will be giving someone a compliment, and just because I keep talking, that compliment turns into an insult. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I don't know how that happens to me, but it does. Rhonda's like, Jeff, if you just would have shut up one sentence short, you would have been fine. But you just had to keep talking. And I don't know why I'm gifted that way. I'm not kidding you. It's, it's horrible to be me. It is. So what I've had to learn to do is sometimes I have to write it down on paper. And some, you know, with my kids... And with Rhonda, when I really want to express myself without screwing it up, I have to write it down where I can reread and say, oh, no, you can't say that, boy. You know, here's what you say. Say it. The second way is show it. That means give attention. Give attention. You know, give a hug. Help them. Give them a hand. Having a conversation without interrogation. You know what I'm saying? That's the love I've got to give. And you know, my kids are grown now, and you know what? I go steal a hug from them. That's right. They, they're like, hey, Dad. I'm like, hey, come here. They're like, what you want? I'm going to get you. And you know what? Now it's a wonderful thing because they know to expect it, so they, they hug me back. And then, you know, the third thing is this is grow it. And I would say this, you do it by listening. If you want to grow love, you learn to shut up and listen. Listen, be interested in them. Quit trying to be interesting. I made this mistake because I wanted to be the cool dad, right? When my kids, you know, bring their friends over, I thought my job was to make sure that their friends enjoyed being in our house and entertain them. But you know what? They stopped inviting their friends. Because you know why? They wanted me just to be dad. And so I'm just telling you, give the love that you have to give. Stop trying to give what you don't have. You're miserable. And the word of today is, what is our new word? What is our new word? Relax. God's got it. I want to pray for you. Would you stand with me? The last step I have on your connection card, you will see it. It simply says this. I will do my best to give the love I have this Christmas. Quit wishing your family was like everybody else. Quit wishing you, were, wish, wishing you were like somebody else. And be you. 
Give the love you have to give, and it will be enough. Let me pray for you. Father, God, today I thank you for these wonderful people today. We're believers. And God, we struggle. We just, we just struggle at getting it right. We all want to be perfect, but we're not. And we're, Lord, we, we're flawed. And, and I just ask you today to help us, oh God. Lord, help us to give what we have to give and stop trying to give what we don't have. That's what makes us miserable. So, Lord, help us to relax. Help us to trust that you've got this, oh God, and that, Lord, you're going to take care of our families, and you're going to take care, God, of our marriages. You're going to take care, God, of our work, and you're going to take care of this world. And, Lord, you've got the whole world in your hand. And, God, because I have you, I have everything. And so, God, I want to be at peace with you, that I can be at peace with others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.